Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. Hello, and welcome to Trigger Warning Romance, everybody. I'm Nat. I'm Tori. And today we're going to be delving into book two of the Ruthless Obsession series by Zoe Blake, Sweet Depravity. It is my personal favorite of the whole series. How about you? I think book three, Sweet Savagery, is probably my favorite. But I've got high hopes for Sweet Ferocity. Well, look, as I've said before, I've read all of them, and they're all freaking hot and really, really good. And I just reread Sweet Savagery for our next recording session, and I was like, ooh, maybe this one's my favorite. So I think every time I read one, I'm like, this one's my favorite. I am currently reading through Sweet Savagery because I wanted to get my notes ready for our next recording. And I just love Ivan. Yeah, he's funny. I mean, I think we've said this on the last episode. The men are all funny, but they don't mean to be. They're just so dry. And they say these crazy, unreasonable things, like they're the most reasonable things to ask for or to say to somebody. And, you know, like when, um, well, we'll get into it. Before we get into that, I have meant to ask you this for the last two recording sessions. You have to tell us about your offer to do something with TikTok BDSM. Oh, yes. Okay. So as we all know, I TikTok. And what those of you who are not on TikTok don't understand is that BookTok, which is what I'm on, and KinkTok, which is the BDSM section of TikTok, do have a little bit of a crossover. And by little, I mean a lot, because a lot of the sexy men I do the duets with, where you guys see me reacting to them, a lot of them are on KinkTok. So they they come up on my page a lot. So this one guy comes up and he's new. I've never seen him before. And it's just like this half naked hot dude. I'm like, okay, let's see what you got. Half naked hot dude. And he says, if you guys want to collaborate with me, there's a link on my Instagram, go fill out the page and then we can film some content together. So me thinking, oh, he wants to do some funny TikTok videos. Let me go click on this link. (laughs) Guys, I clicked on this link and I start filling out the form and it's asking me these kind of weird questions for TikTok. It's asking me if I'm over 18. It's asking me if I've done any BDSM content before. It's asking me if I've done any porn before. Oh my. It's asking me for pictures of myself or links to other videos I've done. And then he goes into this whole thing of if he doesn't find me attractive, he's not going to do the video with me. So at this point, oh, then it asks me for limits and stuff. So I'm like, wait, I don't think this is a TikTok situation because you can't do that kind of stuff on TikTok. TikTok is a very PG app. I can't even say certain words on TikTok. Like if if you're seeing my writings, I can't say sex. I have to write it out like S and then the S has to be a dollar sign because if it sees anything to do with sex, it'll take it down. Anyway, I stopped filling out the form I did and I go and look more in detail at this guy's situation. And what he was wanting, apparently, which did not say in his TikTok video, is he wanted 
an OnlyFans recording thing for like a porn shoot. And my dumbass just assumed because it was a TikTok video, it was going to be a TikTok. Like, and, and he was asking what my location was and if I was willing to travel. And I was like, why would I have to do that? We could just film them from our houses. Oh my God, guys. It, I, like I said, I pulled out before I submitted anything. How did Mr. Savage take this <laughs> in his non-dark romance book boyfriend way? He told me I was an idiot. <laughs> I was dying. He told me I was an idiot because I just assumed that it wasn't porn. Why would you assume that it was porn? <laughs> That's what I mean. Why would I assume it was porn? It was a TikTok. It wasn't, I don't know, on Pornhub. Like, it was on TikTok. And this guy is, is making TikTok videos. Why would I assume he's doing porn as well? Or this is what he wants to do? I don't know. Whatever. I did not think I was in the wrong, but. I don't um, think you were in the wrong. Could you imagine if I submitted that stuff and he called me? I would die. And then I'd be like, yeah, sure. Okay, what do you want to do? And then I would be really embarrassed if I had to tell him, oh, sorry, I totally misunderstood what you needed from me here. Oh, how funny. Anyway, that is my story on on that. (laughs) Awesome. Well, at Mm -hmm. least, you know, you have a career to fall back on should your actual career not work out. Well, I don't think so because A, I never submitted it. So I don't know if he would even choose me. B, I'm way too old, I think, at this point for that kind of career. So 34 is not old, first of all. Second of all, you don't look like you're 34. You still have a very young face, especially with a smattering of freckles. Well, that's a filter. That's look at my face now. This is my face now. No makeup. So that's why I have never noticed the freckles before. Mm -hmm. That's a filter. That's not me. Awesome. Now I know. (laughs) I don't have filters. I mean, I don't have freckles. Okay. Uh. I'm going to redirect this now. But you've mentioned that a couple of times. So I had to ask. I even made myself a note to remember to ask you. Yeah, because I completely forgot. And I thought it was a really funny story to talk about on podcasts about how I almost did PDSM porn accidentally. (laughs) It's the accidentally that makes it so funny. But now we're going to be talking about Sweet Depravity by Zoe Blake. And we are so (laughs) excited. We are really excited. I'm sweating. I'm so excited. Well, first of all, Sweet Depravity is the story of Emma's roommate, Mary, and Dimitri's best friend and right-hand man, Vasca. We were introduced to them in Sweet Cruelty. Like I said, this is, okay, even though this might not be my favorite book, I do believe this is my favorite heroine of the whole series. Now that I will hands down agree with. Mary is funny and badass all at once, and I love her. It starts out boys at a start. So remember where when Dimitri decided that Emma's apartment wasn't safe enough. So he sent Vasco over to oversee an installment of this ridiculous alarm system so that they could be extra safe. Well, Vasco gets there and it's 7 a.m. and starts knocking on the door. And Mary opens the door in a, I love this because who sleeps like this? Not me. She opens the door and she's wearing a sexy silk robe. And she notes that usually she sleeps naked, but thankfully she slept in her sexy bra and panties. Who sleeps in a bra? I don't know. Not me. Like the first thing I take off when I get home is a bra. Just whip it off immediately. Absolutely. They can all be burned as far as I'm concerned. I mean, unfortunately, I need them. But yes, I agree. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, I need them too. I just, I would survive without them somehow. As long as I didn't have to run, I would be okay. That I had to note because because she opens the door looking like, I don't know, like a vintage pinup and like silk robe and the, a bra and underwear set. And I think she even wore pumps because at one point it says she slipped on her pumps to open the door. Well, what got me was Mary is not a morning person. No. Cold-blooded, heartless murder. And I would get away with it too, because anyone who pounded on someone's door at seven o'clock in the morning deserved to get murdered in the worst way possible. Yes. Amen, sister. Yeah, totally agree. But (laughs) she said, in a rather iconic twist, there wasn't a doubt in my mind the man standing on my threshold had come to murder me instead of the other way around. (laughs) Because of course he looks like a murderer. He's, He's... Russian arms dealer mafia man covered in tattoos and of course he's insanely tall and super buff and handsome and you know the the descriptions we don't have to go into them but he's stunning masculine hot scary all rolled into one and he's a real charmer too she opens the door and we have already discussed the fact that she is incredibly dressed to be opening the door at 7 a.m I look like a sea hag at 7 a.m I just want it known But she opens the door. His first response is, is this how you answer the door? Dressed (laughs) like a woman begging to be fucked? She starts to slam the door. I think my personal reaction would have been to smack him. Because some stranger comes up to me and is that judgmental and that snotty towards me? Oh, I don't think so. I don't think I would have the mental capacity to answer. Before I have coffee, my brain is just fog. I, I wouldn't be able to be witty or anything. I, I would just, I don't even know if I'd answer, slam the door. I would just close the door so quietly and go back to sleep. See, I'm not a morning person at all, but I also don't drink coffee. <sighs> so I've learned to function without the caffeine first thing. No, I can't compute. <laughs> Need caffeine. Well, if, if we're ever in the, in the same place, I'll remember you like coffee. If you'll remember, I like Dr. Pepper. You got it. So we can do the opposite. I do not like Dr. Pepper. That's not a soda of choice for me. I I prefer Diet Coke. You can have all the Diet Coke you want. I'll not, I won't take a bit of it. And you can have all the Dr. Pepper you want. See, we're going to be best friends. But anyway, so he won't let her close the door because of course not. Kind of romance novel with this beef. And he's locked outside her door. He forces his way into the apartment, which is, of course, red flags for her because some scary Russian dude forces his way into the apartment, clearly looking at her like he wants to eat her or murder her or both. So she's thinking, okay, he's in front of the door. I need to find my purse. I need to find my purse. So she ran over to her purse and with her ass over the couch, she's hung over the back of the couch to rummage through her purse to get her bone, which for me, I'd be dead. My, 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 my purse is about, I don't know, humongo size. And I can never find anything in it. So I'd be dead on the spot. So she grabs her phone and she's trying to call 911. But just as she's about to press call, he knocks the phone out of her, her hands. Now he's on top of her towards the, you know, she can feel him and his, of course, ginormous situation and his pants pressed up against her. And so even though the phone is out of her reach, she tries calling the police by saying, hey, Siri, call the police. And don't stand so close to me by the police starts playing from her phone. It's so funny because who hasn't that happened to? Always happens to me. I say one thing and she just decides to do something else. And I'm like, thanks. Very helpful. (laughs) Not. But of course, he just starts admonishing her. It was very wrong for you to open the door dressed like this. 
do you know how many dangerous men out there there are like it's it's a dimitri situation all over again where he's lecturing her about the way she's dressed and who could be out there does she know that people could be out there to take advantage of her and hurt her and then of course she's hey dangerous men like you (laughs) and he says exactly like me all while towering over her and rubbing his the pad of his thumb all over her lips and stuff he asks for emma and she says, I don't know her. And then he admonishes her for lying because these Russian men do not appreciate being lied to. That's a theme throughout all four books that I've read. But she continues to say she doesn't know Emma until he mentions that he's a friend of Dimitri's. And then she tries to get him to go. She says, my boyfriend just stepped out. He'll be back in a minute. Which we know how that's going to go, right? <laughs> not going to go over well. I hope for his sake you are lying to me again. I hadn't planned on killing anyone today, but if a man were to walk through that door and try to claim you as his own, I would shoot him between the eyes. Now, these Russian guys, they don't play around. I mean, my note was these Russian men don't fool around, do they? They see a woman and it's all over with the crying. Yeah. Once they, it's it's almost like a faded mate situation. They imprint on you. <laughs> Once they have decided that you are theirs, it doesn't matter who you belong to before, who you belong currently. If you want to belong to them, it's over. You are theirs and it shall be the end. And then of course he's like, all right, we're, we're going to have some sex. Because <laughs> who doesn't want to have sex first thing seven in the morning? I like, she, she's pondering how sexy he is and her body is, you know, her nipples are getting hard. She's getting, a, her panties are getting a little bit damp. My brain was shrieking homicidal criminal psychopath run while my body was ready to lie back and scream, take me now, make it hurt. And it's this very clear, very entertaining thought are the reason that I love Mary. Yeah. She knows how unhinged she is, but she's like, oh, I like it. But we wouldn't know anything about that, would be ladies? No, not at all. We are completely sane, consensual brains when it comes to romance and romance reasons. But of course, she's not going to just go easily, right? She's She tries to run away from him. And she's like, um, I'm not going to have sex with you. It's not going to happen. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> You're being unreasonable. And he's like, well, I, I want to, so we're, we're, we're going to do it. Well, she says, I don't even know who you are. He introduces himself to her. Good enough, right? What else do you need to know? And then he says, because in my world, I can. In my world, nothing is off limits. If I see something I want, he paused and ran his heated gaze over me. I take it. I blinked. I wasn't expecting such raw honesty. In my world, a man asks permission first. He chuckled and responded in his heavy Russian accent. Then I guess it's a good thing we're not in your world. We're, st- we're in my apartment. I boldly fired back with more moxie than I felt. True, but this is still my world. And in my world, I make the rules and decide the punishments for those who break them. Of course, there are punishments. And of course, she's broken rules that she didn't even know existed because she didn't know he existed about 10 minutes ago. But this is when her body finally catches up to her brain and she tries to get away. Mm-hmm. And she does. She's She can't go through the front door because he's there and he's locked it. Maybe she can hide in the bedroom or hide in the bathroom and lock him out. She runs to her bedroom, locks the door, trying to figure out how to possibly maybe go out a window. But the apartment's real shitty and all the windows are painted shut. So she can't quite do that. And then she just hears his footsteps ominously approaching the door quietly. And then he kicks the door open. <laughs> I love me a kick the door open scene. That's good because I think there are two or three in here. Yeah, there's quite a few. I enjoyed all of them very much. And he just stalked in and just starts undressing. (laughs) Just taking off his cufflinks. No worries. We're going to do this now. And she says, I'll scream. And he says, please do. I'll be offended if the woman I was fucking didn't scream. 
made me giggle. And in his thoughts, he's wanted to you know, he's decided that Dimitri was right about the apartment. It's not acceptable because clearly a woman that looks like Mary and with her attitude needs to have a better quality of life than she can afford to have as a grad student. I wholeheartedly agree to this. I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I mean, oh, and in return, all I have to do is is have great orgasms. And I, well, I guess my next thought there would be the, the clincher. But she doesn't really get a life of her own after this. No, this is it. Spoiler alert. She doesn't really get to be a teacher because she's in grad school to be a teacher. I think she gets to teach for a whole, I don't know, maybe three weeks. And he has to pull her out of it. I mean, everything sounds great on page when Zoe Blake rewrites it. But in reality, I'm sure it'd be horrible. <laughs> or at least not as great <laughs> As we expect it to be. I think I would I would take that hit for the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's undressing and she says, I'm not having sex with you. And he says, I'm not having sex with you either. I'm going to fuck you. I highlighted that. <laughs> and I like the distinction that he made because Mary, of course, says, well, it's the same thing. And he says, you're wrong. Sex is functional. No different from eating or breathing. It serves a purpose to scratch an itch and nothing more. It is unnecessary to have a connection or even genuine passion. When it is over, you go on with your life unchanged. Fucking is different. Fucking is primal. A raw, untamed response to the body in front of you. A deep, gnawing need to claim and possess. That was beautiful. And I could tell you no Russian man would ever say that. (laughs) But then he goes on. Fucking leaves you sweaty and sore with marks on both your skin and soul. Fucking leaves a limp, satiated body unable to think beyond the delicious euphoria that continues to rush over you in waves long after your bodies are no longer connected. Fucking is an all-consuming lust that will not be denied. It's feeling used and cherished all at the same time and desperately craving the feeling again before the warmth of your partner's touch has left your skin. I think that little section is probably one of the most incredible descriptions that I have ever read. Yeah. It's beautiful. I don't believe any man would ever be able to say that. Yeah, I'm going to go with any man on that. Yeah. This is why women love romance novels, because we love fictional men who say and do all the things we want them to do because they are written by women. So are we maybe just lesbians? (laughs) That's a take that I I don't think I would have come to that conclusion. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So yeah, he... What happens next? Sorry, I'm like flushed he of course begins to touch her and he recognizes Mm. that her body is saying yes even as her mouth is saying no yes the pivotal body betraying syndrome of all romance novels i'm here for it but as things progress he says snatching her wrists i expertly forced a hand through each loop and pulled the silk tie tight and my note was does he do this a lot i think so because (laughs) there was no there was no hesitation there was no Huh, how do I tie this? There was no, let me think about this a moment, or what can I use to restrain her? He's already got the tie off in preparation. Yeah, he took it off before uh, and threw it on the bed because he knew exactly what he was going to use it for. My question is, did he tie her to the bed or did he just tie her up? Because I don't remember and I also don't remember what her bed is like. What did he tie her to? A spindle in her headboard. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, because he he even says to her, you're not just lying to me again. You're lying to yourself and your body has betrayed you. He has told her her body has betrayed her. This is a new, I, I wrote in my notes, it's like, oh, this is a new spin on the treacherous body syndrome. Because usually it's the, the heroine saying, oh, no, how dare I? My body is betraying me. But he, he's already called her out on it. 
And she can't seem to get a grasp on wanting it to be with him. But then she's like, well, this isn't all that different from my roommate, Emma. She dreamed of book boyfriends and I dreamed of actor boyfriends. I didn't want Mr. Darcy from Pride and Petrus. I wanted Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Jax from Sons of Anarchy, Dean from Supernatural, Sebastian from Cruel Intentions. I think Mary's our girl. Mary is, is she is part of our tribe. She is yeah. our people. I think that's why I've, I've really related to Mary. So, yeah, I never wanted Darcy from Pride and Prejudice either. I lusted after the arrogant alpha asshole who confidently sauntered into a room and owned the women in it. Yeah. The man who knew precisely what a woman wanted and gave it to her over and over again till she screamed for mercy or in ecstasy. Well, I she- think she's found what she was looking for <laughs> or maybe what she was looking for found her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, she says, I, I, this, I knew that's what I wanted, but I was, I'm smart enough to know that's not what I actually need. Those kinds of men are, they're not the kind you date because they'll break your heart. She didn't want to do that to herself. So, and of course, once he takes his pants off, she's, she's, the man was enormous. There was no way I was putting that thing into my body. Do any of these men have normal sized penises? I've got that march too, because I promise you they don't. <laughs> I even noted it in Sweet Savagery. And I think we may have mentioned Dimitri, who had the incredible 10-inch cock. <laughs> yeah. It is. It astounds me. I understand it. Please don't get me wrong, and I'm not putting any hate on Zoe or any other author that writes that. But it's just, it's unreasonable. <laughs> and nobody in real life wants it. Well, I can't speak for others, but I know you and I, we don't, we don't need that many. It's too many. <laughs> it's too many. Because I just feel like like it's just going to hurt. There's no pleasure there after a certain amount. Anyway, of course, she's scared of it, but it's amazing and she loves it. Well, I like she starts to struggle a little bit and she says, no, no, untie me. Please, I don't want to be tied up anymore. No, came his same unrelenting reply. My voice became high pitched and strained. You can't say no when I'm saying no. Yes, I can. It spanks her. Of course. Of course, this whole series is just nothing but spanking, which I'm I'm all for it. If you like spanking, go download these books because you get more spanking scenes than not. <laughs> and I am here for it. Yeah, like you can see my recent TikTok about it. <laughs> oh, sorry. I think I, for me, I was like, I went too far. Like, how are they already just laying there? Because he does eat her out a whole bunch before he even has sex with her. Yeah, after he, I think he, he, I think she orgasms a couple of times and then he goes down on her and she's like, okay, stop. I'm sensitive. That's enough. And his response is, I'm just getting started. His exact response is, I will, which is, you will finish when I tell you that you're finished. And I'm not finished yet. So too bad, more or less. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But can we talk about the unspoken romance rule of two for ones? For every orgasm the male gets, the female always has to have at least two. Yeah, I've noticed that. There are a few books that I've read that I take notes as I read, especially if it's a book that I think we might want to come back to. And there are, I think there's been two books, and I can't recall that which two specifically, but I, I remember the instances because they didn't come together and he came first, which is practically unheard of in romance land. Did he at least finish the job another way? Oh, he did. Okay. But not before he was able to, to enjoy himself completely. Yeah, that's, that's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but I'm not the one who says says this. If you guys are into our podcast, you should definitely listen to Faded Mates. They are very funny ladies. One is Sarah McLean, and she is an author herself. She writes historicals. And the other host is Jen Prokop. She's an editor uh, and she had a blog for a while. And I've listened to them for maybe two years, however long they've had a podcast. And they're very smart and funny. And half the, half the things that come out of my mouth is because I've heard them say it at some point. You should definitely listen to them. They have one episode on a dark romance, like a dark romance interstitial where they discuss dark romance. But for the most part, they, they talk about traditional romance, but it's still worth listening to because they're hysterical and they have such smart things to say about romance. But that's one of the things that they have recollected is that there has to be a two for one. It's not romance unless a female has at least two orgasms for every orgasm the male has because it's only fair. And personally, I have instigated that in my life. So I think it sounds like a good rule to follow. I highly recommend <laughs> Poor guys, it's not their fault. They really only can do it the one time for a little bit and they, they need some rest. Whereas women, as we know, they can just keep going. So we'll mention them in show notes, but you're probably listening to them anyway if you're listening to us. So he does tie her up and they have sex. And this is more non-consent again, because she did tell him no a bunch of times and he just had sex with her anyway. Even though she enjoyed it, I would still consider this in the non-con category. But he's about to leave and he says, whatever plans you have for this evening, cancel them. I'm going to be here at eight to pick you up and then we'll continue this. And he says, you better be dressed because my men are here. And if they see you in this state, I'm going to have to kill them and punish you. And he leaves and a whole bunch of Russian people show up and take the whole apartment over. She goes, takes a shower and she's just completely shell-shocked from this whole morning. Wouldn't you be, I mean, this hot as fuck strange guy barrels into to your apartment. He kicks down your bedroom door, ties you to the bed, has phenomenal sex with you, and then leaves and says, I'll be back. We'll finish this later. Hello, weren't we finished now? I mean, I probably think I was still sleeping. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought this was my real life. Yeah, of course I'd be shell-shocked. And then Emma shows up and Mary does something she's never done before. She lies to Emma by omission. She doesn't tell him exact her what exactly what happened. She just says all these people show up and now they, they call it the motherboard, which that was a whole other hysterical thing where they just could not figure out this security system because it was so complex. And then they, they go to class together. Before they go to class, Mary realizes that Vasca left his cufflinks when he got dressed again. And she sure does think to herself, I'm going to show him. Did I dare pawn them? What would happen if Vasca tracked me down and learned the truth? I bit my lower lip. Maybe he would spank me for being a bad girl. I shifted in my seat. Maybe he would tie me up to the bed and take off his belt and whip my ass as he made me beg for forgiveness. Or maybe he would make me crawl across the room in penance like that scene from nine and a half weeks. Would he take out his cock and force me to suck it? The idea made my cheeks flame as I imagined the terrifyingly long length of his shaft being thrust down my throat. She's having these thoughts while she's in class, <laughs> which I think is hysterical because she's trying so hard not to show that she's thinking about sex and it doesn't work very well. No, she just turned bright red. But she does go to the pawn shop and she does in fact pawn the cufflinks. The pawn shop owner, after she leaves, he calls Vasca and says, I have something of yours. There was apparently a small, teeny tiny little engraving with tiny identifying mark that through the jeweler's loot, he realized that they belonged to Vasca. 
and he's trying to return his property. Well, I mean, he didn't do it to be a good person. He did it because he wanted to get more money from him. <laughs> because what was it? I think it was was it ten thousand dollars? I think he gave her eleven thousand. Yeah, I think it was eleven thousand dollars, which they were apparently worth like half a million or something. Something like that. It was crazy. Yeah. But he tries to to shake Vasca down. Vasca's going to give him the money, and he's well. I gave her fifteen thousand, and Vasca doesn't believe him, and he's like, "Oh, wait, um, I meant twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, no, no, eleven. It was eleven. So Vasca's like, "Here's five, and then here's a piece of paper. Take it to wherever, and then they'll they'll give you the rest." But now he's he's gleefully excited because he has a reason to punish her, and because he never thought someone would have the balls to pawn his cufflinks so not only has she intrigued him more she has also earned a punishment and that makes him happy so he he goes about his day and he's gonna go pick her up but mary is not about to go on this date with him because she's thinking he's bad news i cannot date this person he's just gonna end up playing me and then i'm gonna get hurt so this was my note she ran home from class to shower and change just to go to a bookstore and read which no shame not only did she shower and change she put in velcro rollers for her victory rolls she put on a full face on makeup a full-on cute outfit changed her purse it was like a whole thing okay let's talk about the purse Mary changes her purse about 12,000 times. I think she has a purse to go with every outfit. Who really does that? Somebody who's really into fashion. I understand that you might have a clutch for your dress-up outfits, but my purse, it's, it's a take it or leave it. It would never occur to me to switch my purse to match my outfit or to match my shoes. Hell, I'm lucky if my shoes match my outfit. <laughs> I probably shouldn't admit that out loud. I totally agree with you, but I know there are people who are like this. So no shame to if you're like this. At this point, we all know, we've spoken about this many a times. I am a mom. Am I going to admit this? I drop off my kids at school in my pajamas, okay? In my full-on pajamas, usually no bra with a sweatshirt on top. And they look at me like a crazy person. And then when I pick up my kids from daycare, if I pick them up, I'm usually dressed from work and I, I have a businessy job. So a lot of times in my businessy outfit and they look at me and they say, wow, you look different. Yeah. I don't know who does that, but not either one of us. <laughs> no, I don't have a full-time job. So I'm a stay at home person. And I spent six weeks working on the production that just finished, but I was getting ready to go to rehearsal. And my housemate looks at me and she goes, wait, you're wearing pants. <laughs> why are you wearing pants? I, I don't like pants. I, I, I believe <laughs> I don't like bras and I don't like pants. And because I don't have to leave my house very often, I'm able to indulge myself. But it's funny because she, she remarks on it probably two out of every three times she sees me wearing <laughs> pants. It's funny. Yeah. But yeah, she goes all out. She dresses to go to read at this bookstore better than I dress to go to work. <laughs> Because a lot of the times I, I work in the healthcare field, a lot of the times I just wear scrubs, which are pajamas. They're pretty much pajamas, guys. So she's amazing. I mean, good for you, girl. Hats off to any of you who are able to be that put together. I tried for years and I failed miserably. 
Yeah. So I just own it now. I, I was a little bit more successful at, at college and right after college. But once the kids happened, everything changed. and <laughs> I just didn't care anymore. But, but, but back on track. She goes mm-hmm. to the bookstore to read. And of course, Vasca shows up. She thinks she's safe. And then she hears the door open and it kind of registers in the back of her head. And then the silence as the, as the bookstore kicks in. Yeah. Well, before that, she gets a text message from him saying, bad girl. Oh, that's right. Because she she saw him arrive and she snuck out the back door of her apartment to get away from him. But yeah, she's she says the atmosphere at the bookstore all of a sudden just changes. It's very quiet. It's too quiet for a bookstore. There's no people whispering. There's no espresso machine going. Nothing. And then she hears she says she hears the sound of shoes, which is strange because most people wear sneakers around there. It's a college town. And that's when she's like, oh, no. Well, first, she thinks that maybe the bookstore is being robbed. And she thinks that I'll, I'll, I'll hide in the bathroom. Maybe they won't notice me and I can call the police. But she makes the classic mistake. She looks over her shoulder. And if you're a horror movie fan, you already know, never look back. No. Nope. Never look over your shoulder. You will either A, trip on the route as you are running through the forest. Or B, get caught. Yeah, she saw him and she's like, oh, crap, he's here. He's here. He's here. So she leaves her purse. She leaves everything. And she says, thank God I wore flats. And she tries to run to the kitchen of the bookstore where they have, I guess, the pastries or whatever to try and hop out the window. Well, before she gets to the kitchen, he calls for her. She mm-hmm. says, come out. Come face your punishment and we'll forget that this happened. But if you make me more angry, it's going to get worse. And her thoughts are, face my punishment? My punishment? Like my murder? No thanks. (laughs) And Um, that's when she gets into the kitchen. She's protesting at this point that she'll give him the money back. Because she thinks that this is all about the cufflink. And she thinks that he's mad because she pawned them. It never occurs to her that he's mad because she disobeyed him. And he says, I don't give a fuck about the money. I already have my cufflinks back. He says, I don't want the money. And she says, you don't? Wait, you do have... How do you have the cufflinks back? He says, keep the money. I don't want it. This made a little sense. He wasn't here for the money. He wasn't here to murder me. If you don't want the money or you and you have the cufflinks, then what do you want? You. And that one word hit her in the gut. She tells him that she would rather just give him the money. And he says, then I guess it's a good thing that I don't plan on asking you for your permission. Here we go back to that again. This is an ongoing thing. And... <laughs> She pulls a knife on him. He challenges her with the knife. He says, go ahead and stab me. I'll give you a free shot. Yeah. And he unbuttons his shirt and has that eight pack can lickable torso. And he's hard. And it mentions that his hard (laughs) shaft is is evident against his inner thigh. Of course it is. Eight feet long. (laughs) But he tells her, we can do this the easy way or the hard way, baby girl. But either way, that sweet pussy of yours is getting fucked tonight. And he corners her against the cabinet and he just steps closer and closer and closer until she has nowhere to run. He was now only a few inches from the sharp tip of the knife. The only thing that will stop me from claiming you is if you kill me. Drive it in deep. You'll need to use enough force to thrust past the bone and sinew to hit my heart. I hesitated. And there's all of this sexy stuff in this paragraph. And my only note was don't never hesitate either. But I love that he's giving her tips on how to kill him. Well, because you know she's not going to go through with it. But yeah, he does take the knife away from him with a growl. 
Of course, got to be a growl. With a growl, he knocks the knife out of my hand and snatched me to him. Driving his hand into my hair at the nape of my neck, he forced my head back to clay my mouth. Sexy kiss time. Love it. And then and then he has sex with her on top of that table. I have many a thought about this. This is probably one of my favorite sex scenes in the book. It was super hot because, of course, it's in a bookstore. But he has sex with her on that books, on that stainless steel, I, I guess, how do you say, like commercial kitchen table, which not sanitary. OK, first of all, shouldn't be doing that, but it's a book. So go for it. But as he's about to have sex with a penetrator, she's like, wait, 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 condom. And he's like, I left them all at your, your place. I don't have them. I know that you don't have anything and I don't have anything either. So and I know you're in birth control. So we're all set to go. And, and we like, know that that is that is Nat's crack. Yeah, well, it's my crack. <laughs> Put it in my veins. And then they do have the sexy times. The one part I really didn't understand too much was the whipped cream situation. <laughs> One of my hard limits is food and sex combined. I will put up, I will even enjoy a whole host of fun, interesting things in the bedroom. There are all kinds of toys that you can bring in that I will say, oh, sure, let's give it a try. Food, however, is not one of them. It just makes a mess. It's sticky and not in the good way. (laughs) And then you have to clean it up. And you're not cleaning up just yourself at this point. You're cleaning up the covers or the counter or whatever you happen to be against. So this didn't do it for me. Well, I mean, let's face it. He's not cleaning up shit. I don't know. It just, it didn't do it for me. I was like, skip past. Can't. Sorry. Not my thing. If it's your thing, please enjoy. If you're into whipped cream, go for it. I'm just going to throw this out in here. I am a very opinionated person. If you haven't realized that already. So please, no one take my opinions as me looking down or me trying to yuck your yum, if that's what you're into, because I recognize that everybody likes different things and that's okay. As long as you're all of age and everything is consensual, go for it, whatever makes you happy. But my opinions are going to be pretty definite. So please don't be offended. Same, but also you're listening to our podcast, so you're going to hear to our opinions. So what did you really expect? But neither one of us really liked the whipped creams. The rest of it was super hot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The hottest thing about the scene for me, and this will tell you how much of a nerd I am, he buys the books for her. Because she says, I can't afford these, the hardcovers. And he takes the book that she's reading, which is the vampire book. And he's like, well, if you like that Dracula book, you're going to enjoy these. And he pulls out two other books to recommend to her. And then he buys them for her. And that right there, that's the way to seal the deal. Guys, if you're listening, that's how you do it. Yeah. Screw buying me a drink. Buy me a couple of books. Not anymore. I'm married. But in theory, you know what? Forget it. He doesn't have to know. Buy me some books. I'll never tell. Apparently, Tori thinks I'm still young and cute. So buy me some books, guys. I think Tori's young and cute too. So buy her some books as well. And I have it on some court authority that I, I think that Mr. Klein won't care. Pulling us back on track. They leave the bookstore and they have the classic moment where he takes her to his home instead of her. And he tells her to get out of the car. I would once more like to renew my objection and to request formally that you take me home. Suppressing a smile, I responded, your formal request has been taken under consideration and is denied. Now get out of the car before I drag you out, flip up your skirts, and fuck you on the hood of this car. Again, you just had sex. The recovery time for this man is phenomenal. 
all these men. It's unreasonable. There's times where they just have sex and then they have sex maybe five minutes later. I don't know. Romance reasons. We understand. It's fine. But she asks him and she says, you wouldn't really have done that, would you? And his response was not, no, baby, that might embarrass you. Or no, baby, of course we couldn't do that. That's illegal. His response is, there are video cameras in the garage. And if somebody saw them, I would have to kill any security guards work because they would have watched me have sex with you. That's the reason. That's the reason he says no. I love it so much. I am all about that. I will unalive anyone who looks at you. They get to his all-white apartment, which comes in, into play in the next book or two. His entire apartment is done in shades of white. It's just white. All over white. Until he pours the red wine on the white sofa just to prove a point to her. Yes, because she's like, why is everything so white? And tells her about how everything in Russia was not nice for him. He had a very poor upbringing and everything looked dirty and whatever. So he made sure that everything was white in his new house because it looks new and clean and he likes it that way. And she says, I wasn't expecting such a sad, endearing reason for your childhood. I was half expecting you to say something like, oh, it was easier to clean blood splatter away or something. He laughed and gave her a crystal, of course, crystal glass of wine. And she's like, I'm not drinking <laughs> red wine. So, so I'm not drinking it here. What if it spills on something? Then I'll buy another one. Of course, I'll just buy another one. So he ignores her and literally just pours the wine all over this couch. <laughs> and he says, feel better? Now will you drink with me? <laughs> That's what I mean. The men in these books are not funny on purpose. They're just funny because they say such crass, ridiculous things. And then they have some more sex with silk ties. <laughs> because of course he has silk ties. It was sexy. I think this book had more bondage in it than the other book. I believe so, yes. But he punishes her. There's a, there's a good punishment scene where he spanks her and he forces her submission. And then, of course, he makes her come. And she says, a pane of glass shattered in my mind. The piece is never to be whole again. This, this right here is what I've been worried about. What I feared about getting involved with a man like him. I knew, instinctively I knew, I would not survive intact. Just the phrasing and the, the word choice and the way it's written, it all just, it, it, I got it. I understood it and I liked it. And then, of course, he has sex with her afterwards. And she says it was the most intense, most extreme emotional and physical release of her life. And she hated him for it because he forced it on her as a punishment. And she didn't like that. And after the great sex, after this intense emotional experience, she says, you could let me go. We've just met. You don't know me. Just let me go. And he says, I can't explain it. There is an energy, a spark about you that calls to me. I felt it the moment I first laid eyes on you. My eyes teared up again. You're going to break my heart, aren't you? His lips thinned as his eyes hardened. Still, he answered with a raw honesty that, that shocked me. Yes. And then he says, then why are you doing this to me? Why chase me down? Just let me walk away before it gets too far, before it's too late for both of us. And he says, Niet, which she says, I didn't have to speak Russian to understand that it was no. It was too late. I was already his. I was like, yes, check mark. <laughs> it was oh, so good. Well, after this, it's kind of a cut scene because she's back at her apartment and she and Emma are trying to go to class. And they can't figure out the motherboard. 
Yeah, it's too hard. And Mary, again, doesn't tell Emma about what's going on with Lost. Yeah, and she can't figure it out why, because she tells her everything. And it's not like Emma wouldn't understand because she's got her own crazy Russian to deal with. And then she just ignores texts from Vaska, which I could tell you. I don't know why, because after last night, you really want to piss him off. I'd I'd answer that immediately. Unless you wanted to piss him off on purpose to get extra punishments if you liked it. Right? Because 10 a.m., call me. 12 a.m., missed call from Vaiska. Then, baby, talk to me. 11.03 a.m., lunch? 11.15, missed call from Vaiska. 11.17, heading into a meeting. We'll call you when I'm done. Pick up. 3.23, missed call from Vaiska. 3.24, missed call from Vaiska. Just keeps going. Baby, do I need to remind you about the rules? Pick up your phone. <laughs> You're starting to anger me. Missed call from Vaiska. And then the last one. Which means you're mine. Remember that. I don't know when when uh, she even noted, like when he slips into Russian, you know, it's too late. It's too late. You have woken the beast. She and Emma have a condensed conversation and Emma helps her tremendously by asking WWBD. What would Buffy do? And I love that. That just cracked me up because it turns out it was really was amazing how many of life's dilemmas could be solved by that show. I laughed and answered, should fuck spice brains out into hell with the rest. And that cracked me up. Yeah, it was funny. And then where she says that if Emma and Dimitri were the romance novel, it would be called the bad man of the library. I didn't highlight that. I don't know why I should have. <laughs> it was funny. But that's when they decided Uh, Mary decided she's going to work and she asked Emma to come to work with her. Now, you know, from Sweet Cruelty that some douchebag follows Emma back to the liquor room or whatever you call that, that back room, and they get locked in and he assaults her. And then Dimitri shows up and saves Emma, blah, blah, blah. But then he does say to to Mary, wait for Vaiska, he's coming to pick you up. And she freaks out. (laughs) And... Uh, Yeah, she freaks out because clearly she's been avoiding him and now he knows where she is. And she tries to run away from Vaiska, tries to run uh, run out the back door and runs straight into what she (laughs) she says is a wall of hard muscle or something like that. And it's, of course, Vaiska because he's figured out that she's been trying to run away from him through the back doors and he can't figure out like he's just pissed. He's pissed in general, but he's pissed at himself because he didn't realize that she worked at a bar and he's like first of all what the hell are you wearing because he's pissed that she's wearing these tight jeans and I don't remember exactly but like her boobs are all out on display because she's bartending but that's when he says you're never to set foot in the bar again and her response is that's going to be hard because I work here and he didn't realize that yeah somehow he missed that very important fact about Mary's life and then he forbids her he says you used to work here you're not coming back I won't allow it yeah and she says you forbid it you forbid it <laughs> that's right I forbid it well you can take that forbid and shove it up your yeah. and then the door opens <laughs> Mary's boss came out and told her, hey, you better get your cute button here or you're going to be fired. That was a mistake. And she's like, David, you can't expect me to. And she didn't get to finish that because. That's an extreme exception to that. Yes. (laughs) 
he did not like somebody talking to his woman that way. So he grabbed him by the throat and threw, shoved him up against a brick wall. What the fuck did you say to my girl? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing, David said. And then he said, really? Because I could have sworn you said something disrespectful about her pretty ass. And of course not. I'm so sorry. Take all the time you need. And no, of course you're not fired. And Vasquez says, good, because she quits, <laughs> which is hysterical. Mary's like, excuse me, I am i didn't quit. I need this job. And he pushes her up against something. I don't remember what. And she tries to knee, knee him in the balls and she almost succeeds, <laughs> but not quite. And then she's really in trouble because he throws her in the car and drives her home. He threatens that if she doesn't start behaving, that he's just going to, let me find it. Keep testing my patience. Don't think I won't drag these tight jeans off your body and fuck that pretty ass of yours raw before putting a bullet in David's head, solving both of my problems. How romantic he is. Then she pleads with him to take her to her house because he wants to obviously take her home to his place. And she says, no, I want to go home. I want I want to be home in my space. And he says, "For you get this one pass tonight. Which is a huge concession for him. Yeah, because he doesn't think that place is safe. He just wants her in his place. Plus, his place is way nicer. <laughs> so I think they sleep in the, her small full bed. It's not like a, you know, he's, I'm sure he's got a XL queen, king, whatever. What are they called? Oh, my God, I just saw them. California king? No, California king are longer. They're not wider. An Alaskan, an Alaskan king bed is something my dreams are made of. <laughs> They are, they're like unreasonably wide. They're as long as a king bed, but they're almost, I think, double the size. They're so big. Oh. Yeah. So nice. I mean, I have a king bed and I'm not a, I'm not a big person. I'm only 5'2". My husband's a big guy and I take up most of the bed, which says a lot about me, but. I sleep in like, we have a king and I have less than a third of it. Yes. Mr. Klein scrawls and, and I sprawl. And my poor husband gets maybe a quarter of the bed. So he wants to get a California, not a California, I'm sorry, an Alaskan king. Everybody look it up. It's freaking huge. I love it. Uh, the only, my, my only problem is then you have to get custom sheets and custom all that stuff. So I don't. That sounds like a pain in the ass. Yeah. And super expensive. So anyway, we digress. <laughs> As always. When vasca gets into her apartment the first one is that she didn't set the alarm because they couldn't figure it out and then there's no food no because they're broke college students there's tequila coffee and chips who needs anything else that covers all the primary food groups of any graduate student as she points out there is a moment she's going to shower and he says that he prefers her with makeup on yes and she gets offended but he says, you are a stunning woman with or without makeup, but with makeup, you show your personality. Those gorgeous red lips that make me just want to smear your lipstick with my cock and the way the thick fake eyelashes and black cat eye eyeliner make your eyes look big and bold. I swear I can see your indigo eyes from across a crowded room. I really love how you don't wear a lot of blush on your cheek. It challenges me to say things to bring a little pink there. And that made my heart stop. I think that it did that for her, too, because she comments or she thinks that it was probably one of the most genuine compliments that she's ever received. And it's nice to see a human side of this arms dealer who is such a take charge, such a we're doing it my way kind of guy. It's nice to see him a little bit softer with her. Yeah. But here I come with reality. There's absolutely no man 
and I'm sorry, there is absolutely no straight man uh, in the world who knows what a cat eye is, what fake eyelashes are, <laughs> what blushes. They know what makeup is, but I do not know if they would, especially the cat eye, they would just say you just have eyeliner on. But yeah, I mean, I understand. It's it's a fictional man written by a woman, so it's perfect. Of course. I loved it. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just thinking because I wear that style makeup. I, I like my, when I do wear makeup, I do a cat eye and I do big lashes and red lips. That's my go-to look. Does my husband know what that looks like? Yes. Does he know what the parts are? Absolutely not. <laughs> and he hates makeup. He's the opposite of, of Vaiska. He hates when I wear makeup. He says I look like an escort. <laughs> Mr. Klein doesn't care. He's he just, I, he's oblivious. I don't think he even notices if I wear makeup or not. Yeah, it's fine. He doesn't mind for sure, but he does prefer when I don't wear makeup. So three great things happened during the pandemic for my husband. A, he no longer had to see anybody and he hates people besides me, which I think romance reasons, romance books have tricked me into marrying my husband in a way because what hero, especially the alphas and the Anna heroes that we know, right? They hate everybody besides the heroine. Well, that's my husband. He hates everybody besides me and maybe like three other people who are not my children. <laughs> I'm the hater in, in my relationship. I just hate people in general. <laughs> I spent many years working customer service. People suck. Yeah. So he had no longer had to see people besides his immediate family, which was me and our daughter at the time. And then two or B, I no longer wore makeup because I, we didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and three, I no longer wore bras. So there we go. <laughs> Again, we didn't go anywhere. So he was living the dream, just hanging out at home with me and our daughter, my makeupless, braless self. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm all for it myself. So. We've already discussed my feeling on bras and clothes and makeup. And so, yeah, but that was, that was just my little thing. But yeah, then they take the yet again, quintessential sexy shower together because they have to wait for the food to arrive. They've got some time. But he asks her if she wants it rough or if he, she wants it gentle and it freaks her out. She needs for him to not be a nice guy. So she says rough. And he puts her on her knees. And from the angle of being on her knees, looking up at him, she says his cock was enormous. But from this angle, it was terrifying. <laughs> but it has an interesting tattoo. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the tattoo. The tattoo. At this point, I thought, oh, why on earth would somebody get a tattoo there? I can't imagine. Well, it's not on it. It's right above it. It says at its base. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I may, that could be, I guess, all against the pelvis. Yeah. But either way you go, it can't be comfortable. No, I mean, it's right there. <laughs> I've got a lot of tattoos and there are some just no go areas. And that is one of them. Not that I have a cock because I don't. <laughs> the general sensitive area. Yes. Although side note, have you seen those? Like the full on penis tattoos? I haven't. No. <gasps> But now oh. I do. Oh my God, I'm going to send you some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hang on, I guess. This is, this is one of your pet peeves because they go to the anal with his terrifyingly enormous cock. And no lube. Yes. He does have lube. Or he's something or, that they're using. It's it. soap. I think he's using soap. 
yes, liquid soap. I think I actually, um, yeah, it is, it is soap. And I just, I don't get it. There has to be some kind of prep work besides just liquid soap in a finger. Yeah. Liquid soap isn't cutting it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Water. I don't want to say waterproof lube, but non-water soluble lube that you can use in the shower. Of course, Mary probably doesn't have that handy. But if he was planning on doing this, he should just have it in the car or something. It's not like he's not thinking about it. I think he's like been thinking in his head about doing this anyway, right? I think so. I don't know that it says anything about it, but I would imagine so. He seems like the sort that would think about it. After they get out of the shower and the food is there, I got tickled because she compares her situation to Buffy. And she says, I was living inside my own fucked up episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer because Vasca is apparently Spike. Mm-hmm. For all of you Angel fans, Vasca is not the one for you. No, he's not my favorite hero. She's my favorite heroine. Yes. I like every hero in this series more than the last one. I really like Dimitri. But I liked Vasca a little bit more. And I loved Ivan. And then there was Maxim. And I just cannot wait to get my hand on Luca's book. Uh, he, yes. <laughs> Nippets that I have seen. Zoe sends out newsletters with some trailers and things like that. And I can't wait. Okay, I'm sending you a, a picture. Just making sure that it's you 8,000 times before I send it. I swear my FBI agent that's going through my Google search history is probably going to send me like a psychiatrist soon. I'm almost afraid to look. It's, it's, it's something. Oh my God. That's real? Yes. It's not just that he has his dick tattooed. He's got his balls tattooed. The whole thing. The whole it's- freaking thing. And it's not like I was picturing black, you know, black lines. I wasn't picturing a flipping dragon. Yeah, it's if anybody wants to look it up, just look up Puff the Magic Dragon penis tattoo and you should look, you should see it. I am not going to put that in our show notes. But, okay. Well, maybe I will. I <laughs> on brand. It is on brand. I think that, that we're going to have to put a new thing in our show notes for just random crap that we bring up and, and mention because we have a place specifically for books that we talk about, but we get into some random things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. While while we're at it, I'm going to send you some pictures of me in this dress and you can tell me what you think. Anyway, we were talking about penis tattoos and then how did we, what did we do after that? Because Vasca has the, the penis tattoo. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That's how we got there. <laughs> Our tangents don't make sense unless you've got the recap with them. Mm. But then they watch an episode of Buffy and Vasca, of course, gets out of shape about Buffy. Yeah, but he likes Spike. He doesn't want them to to disappear into the cloud of dust. Yeah, the bodies. He wants her to have to to disappear with the bodies because then she wouldn't be so incredibly good at it. Yeah, because she would have to carry these heavy bodies into the woods to bury them. And she's, and then Mary's like, could you please not talk about that? I'm just getting over your, your situation here. And you just keep bringing it up because you're not ashamed of it. And it's kind of bothering me. (laughs) But the next day he takes her to school. Well, the next day, what I loved is they wake up and she's like, oh my God, she, he wants her to stay in bed with him and hang out. And she's like, no, 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 I'm running late because she has this class. 
So she's like, you can see yourself out, right? Because she's going to, of course, because it's freaking Mary. She can't just put on a pair of sweats and a hoodie like a normal grad student and go to class. She has to go take a shower and get all dolled up for class, which no shame to Mary, but it's just funny. Because she also takes the time to change her purse at this point. Yes. For the eight millionth time, like you said before. So she's getting ready real quick and she hears a door and she starts kind of tearing up a little. She's like, oh my God, like, well, he had sex with me and he got what he wanted. Now he's leaving. But what he was doing was getting breakfast, which was so sweet. Food is my other love language, in case you guys haven't noticed. I love when people feed me (laughs) and I love to feed people. I used to really enjoy cooking. I used to be something that I I did when I had friends over and we would do dinner. I used to take over my sister's kitchen at least once a week when we were still living in the same city. I I visited, I I lived there practically, but I just don't do it so much anymore. I kind of wish I did on the topic of food. I can talk about food for hours. Yeah. I'm with you though. I used to cook a lot more. My husband and I used to We love cooking. My husband likes cooking as well. We used to cook together all the time as date nights and things like that and every night. But now we both have extremely busy lives. We work full time. We have two children. So it's kind of like get dinner ready as fast as possible. It's not an enjoyable experience anymore like it used to be. We used to put music on and drink some wine and just make a meal. And now it's like... I remember those days and I miss them. Yeah. I love my pot pot. Yeah. Anyway, so he goes and gets her a muffin, I think it was, or something, and some coffee. And he insists on driving her to class, because even though it's close. And then she is like a second late to this class. And the teacher is outside, like waiting. She's oh, I'm late. So she goes up and she apologizes. And he's like, well, you know what this means? You have to stay after class. And apparently this teacher has had some reputation of not being the most... Uh, respectful <laughs> he's a little handsy with the female students i think he does he t- he's like touch her at that point i don't remember I... but he, he does something to piss vasco off because the next thing he knows Vas- he's also hanging by his throat <laughs> again this is another one where i'm like put it in my veins i love it neanderthal behavior which my husband reminded me is why i married him stop calling me out babe <laughs> I'm supposed to be a feminist and shit <laughs> can't do this to me Anyway, um, well, Vasco lays down the law with the professor. This is how things are going to be for the rest of the semester. Mary's going to come to class when she wants to. If she wants to, you're going to pass her and you're not even going to acknowledge her. You don't look at her. You don't speak to her. Nothing. Because if you do, I'm going to destroy everything about you. And the teacher's like, yes, of course, no problem. Uh, and after that little incident, Vaiska does follow her around for all her classes. And Mary notes that if the teacher is female, he disappears for like an hour or so. But if the teacher is male, he'll sit all broody-like in the back of the classroom and scare away even all her friends who are afraid to sit next to her. But her girlfriends keep texting her and asking her who her hot bodyguard is. And doesn't she get a little jealous of that? A little. She gets peeved. Yeah. And he brings her lunch and snacks and it's really cute. And then by the end of the day, he's like, okay, let's go to dinner. And she says, she just needs some space, but she doesn't want to say that to him. So she just tells him, look, I'm not really that hungry. I had that sandwich that you brought me. And he takes her purse out. He takes the whole sandwich out. Apparently she just let like just the chips from, from the sandwich. 
I think that it is somewhere in this time frame that she's got him cornered and she asks him about the tattoo and he kind of puts her off and she says, I remember the letters. I can look it up. Mm-hmm. And apparently Vasco was a fan of sex in the city. <laughs> Well, not Vaiska, apparently one of this, his ex-girlfriends or something, or a girl he was seeing. Yeah, he says, I was drunk. Sex in the City was new to Russia, and there was this girl. Yeah. <laughs> and she just busts out laughing. Well, if I saw a guy that had Mr. Big tattooed on the base of his penis, I would probably about die too. Same. 100%. I would not be able to take you seriously ever again. Yeah, ever, ever again. But, I mean, everybody's, all the uh, the Russian mafia people apparently have f- funny tattoos. Dmitri has Chiburashka, right? Yes. And Vaiska has Mr. Big, <laughs> so. It'll be interesting to see what Ivan has coming out. Actually, I actually don't remember if he has any funny tattoos. I don't either. I don't think he does. I'm gonna have to reread that closely, but I don't think he does. Anyway. <laughs> You were talking about food being your love language. I think that is probably one of Vasca's love languages too, because he always brings up food. Yeah, he loves to feed her. And after class and everything is over, he takes her out to dinner. Yeah, he makes her get dressed up and they go to a nice fancy dinner at a restaurant that he frequents often. With other women. Yeah, note that. (laughs) Well, first this sketchy guy comes up to them and starts talking about deals and Vaska's like, I'm not talking to you about it. I'm in mixed company. And the guy's like, ah, whatever. It's just a lady, right? And he just keeps going. And then Vaska more or less threatens him. And he apologizes, scatters off. But then that escort, he semi-dated. The one who threw the knives. <laughs> yeah. She ends up coming up to them and starting touching him and being like, well, why are you with her now? And insulting her and saying, oh, she's just my girl and... How could you want her after me? Well, Vasca and Mary have a very nice moment before, I want to say Karina, but. I think it is Karina. But before she shows up, because that's when he gives her the brooch. Yes. And she says, no, I'm not taking that. He gives her a diamond and ruby brooch. He has researched her rockabilly style and found out that instead of a necklace or a bracelet that a brooch would be the most suitable to fit with how she dresses. And that says a whole lot about what he's thinking of Mary, that he would go to that kind of length. I also kind of noted that I had the rubies, right? And he has the ruby ruby cufflinks, so it matches. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I think it's cute. A little prom-like, but super cute. I love it. But then the escort shows up. Yeah, then the escort shows up and, and Mary's like, and of course he, he, he pulls her off and he says, if you, if you don't leave me alone, you'll be working in the slums of Siberia or wherever. And she huffs off and is escorted out of the building. But Mary's had it. She didn't want to be there in the first place because this was a place that he used to take other women. And he told her that. And he realized his mistake real quick. Uh, that he should not have done that because of Karina and because he could have ran into some other people there. But it was too late. Mary's had enough. She's like, please just let me go home. He says, no, eat your lobster. And she's like, I don't want any lobster. And this has one of my favorite quotes from the book. Here and now we are going to come to an understanding. She circled around putting a few tables between us. I understand things perfectly. The idea of us as a couple is ludicrous. We need to stop this now before it goes too far. I palmed the metal buckle and methodically wrapped the leather belt strap around my fist. 
See, that is where you're wrong. When I said we, I really meant you. You need to understand that you're mine now. I decide when this relationship is over. And trust me, I haven't nearly gotten my fill of you yet. Yeah, but this was after my favorite part where she flipped the table more or less and threw melted lobster butter on his suit. And he cleared the whole restaurant out. Oh, that's right. Before this. Yeah, she said, please just take me home. He said, no. She says, I don't want to be here with you. Too damn bad. We're having dinner now. Eat. I'm not hungry. Eat anyway. No, I swear to God, Mary, I don't have the patience for this right now. And she says, you, you don't have the patience, but it's fine for me to sit here and patiently watch that woman fondle you. She means nothing to me. She's in the past. Now eat before the lobster gets cold. I don't want any fucking lobster, she says before flipping the tray and the content goes flying everywhere all over the floor. And Mary covered her mouth. Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. Tossing the napkin onto the table, I rose, clear the room. And that was it. The server is scary. They got all the people out. And he said, whatever you revenue you lost this evening, call this number and they will double the money and wire it into your account. Now leave us and bar the doors. So they lock them in that restaurant. And then she starts circling. Then he says that lovely quote that you said to, to everybody. And then she throws butter in his face. <laughs> and my note was, yeah, yeah, Mary, throw that lobster in his face. And then he started circling and taking his belt off. And we know where that's going. So go ahead. Go ahead, Tori. I, after he has decided to lay down the law, she, she's kind of, I, I don't know how this works in Russia, but here in America, women have choices. So we get to decide who we want to date or who we don't want to date. And he says, no, you are in my world now. And in my world, I am king. And her response cracked me the fuck up. Yeah, well, fuck the monarchy. For she jabs her seal into his foot. And while he might have anticipated her kneeing him in the balls earlier, he did not anticipate this one. No, he did not. But he he got her anyway. (laughs) Of course he did. She has to get in trouble. And she got in a lot of trouble. But this was another thing where he compared her to a drug to her. And we know how I like, I like that. I want to be a drug to somebody. So that was put it in my veins. Because, of course, he clutched her on the throat and then he said, whatever. And the spanker in the restaurant? I believe so. Yeah, the, the belt. And I think she started crying, right? Because she says, please stop. I can't. Please don't do this. Yeah. And he says, say it. <laughs> say you like the pain which is your crack. (laughs) My crack. But then he says, this woman was like a drug to me. And like a drug, I had become addicted at the very first taste. My need for her now was in my blood. I I needed to feel her essence pumping through my veins, needed to feel her touch on my skin. Without her, I was certain my heart would stop beating. If she were to walk away now, she would take my last breath with her. It wasn't rational and as sure as fuck wasn't fair to her, but somehow this woman had become my salvation. She had filled this empty void inside of me with her passion her and energy, and I would be damned if I let her go. Now, that whole thing was put it in my veins. It's not my crack, but it's awfully damn close. So good. Ugh. 
But then he turned, it was like one of those super sexy scenes where he swiped his hand and all the dishes went flying and then they had sex on the table. (laughs) And then the world as he knows it stopped. Yeah. Because he gets the notification that Emma has been kidnapped. Now we know from Sweet Cruelty, everything works out fine for Emma. But when she comes back, she and Dimitri split up. And Mary leaves Vaca because of the danger and because of his chosen occupation, she just can't. And I appreciated the fact that rather than trying to force Mary to stay with him, says, I'll give you time. I will give you two months. He gives her his ring and he says, I'm coming back for this in two months. That'll give you time to finish school. She says, that's not how this works. Haven't you learned by now? We are playing by my rules, not anyone else's two months that I'm coming for you. And then both her and Emma sulk for a little while for two different reasons, because Emma still doesn't know that her and Vasco were together. So Emma just thinks that Mary is sulking because of what happened to Emma and not because she's heartbroken over her own boyfriend, I guess. But then we know that Mary convinces Emma to get back with Dimitri because he He's her. He's her person. Yeah, that's it. He's hers. The end. Meanwhile, she's still upset because it has been past two months. I think they note that it has been two months, three days and 14 hours. There you go. Thank you. And he still hasn't come back for her. And she's really upset because he said he was going to, but he never did. And then he shows up for the wedding. And that's the first time they see each other in over two months. But Vaiska's been watching her this whole time. She just doesn't know it. My favorite part about this little situation is that the girls had given up on the alarm system and Dimitri and Vaiska have given up on trying to get them to use it. So they just rented out the apartment upstairs and put their men in there. So they've been watching. Of course, the girls have absolutely no idea. But that was funny because somehow they had kicked out the people upstairs and moved a whole Russian army up there. But yeah, they, they see each other and... They acknowledge each other and and Mary says, this is not the time or place. Don't talk to me about any of this. And he lets her. But then he notes that she's wearing his ring around her neck. And after the wedding, she comes back to her apartment. She's packing. She's been packing. She's got a job, a teaching position now that she's graduated. Since Emma has gone to live with Dimitri, Mary has found a, I think it was a small basement apartment. And she's been packing to get ready for her move. But she comes home from the wedding and her apartment has been cleared out. Everything's gone. And she thinks they've been robbed. She's like, I can't believe someone took all of our shit, like our literal shit, because it's not even nice. (laughs) Who would want this? But then she found the note. Hello, beautiful. Your stuff is at my home where it now belongs. The driver is still outside waiting to take you there. See you soon, Vasca. And we haven't mentioned her catchphrase for Vasca yet. The insufferable, brutish, stubborn obstinate, mule-headed, arrogant, high-handed things that he does. That is a litany that is repeated on several occasions when she's talking about Vasca. And I can't say that she's wrong. No. My favorite is that later on at some point, I don't remember when, it might even be in another book. I don't know if it's in this book or another book. Emma says that she's going to make her a throw pillow that says that in a cross stitch. And Mary just tells her, just write Vasca. I'll know what it means because that's just way too long, too long to cross, cross stitch. Yeah, she's real pissed, but she does end up in his apartment and then she 
she comes in and she's livid that he has stolen all her shit. And he says, I'm not, I haven't stolen it. It's right here. He just moved it for you. He's like, well, what about my lease? You're like, oh, it's no longer an issue. Don't worry about it. It's like, you canceled my lease. You can't cancel my lease. We, we know he can do whatever he wants. And he frequently does. I liked her. She says, do you have any idea how insane this is? You moved my stuff without my permission. Who does something like that? And his response, off the top of my head, I would say a very powerful man with lots of money, low morals, and a loose definition of what is and is not considered legal. AKA morally gray character, AKA the love of my life. Hashtag I want it. Hashtag villains do it better, but he also has sex with her immediately. He asks if that dress is sentimental because she's still in her bridesmaid dress because yes. she has no clothes because he's taken all of her clothes. And he pounces on her at that point. She is wearing lingerie for him. It's the the stockings with the back seam. And the garters. And the garters. And I just, here's a reality check, folks. Have you ever tried to wear the back seam stockings? They're never straight. They are never straight. It is next to impossible to put those fucking things on, right? So kudos to Mary. Mary's a pro, man. Well, you might phrase it like that. Well, she's a pro in putting those things on because she's a pinup girl. Well, that's true. But she just tried to run away from him. And again, the buttons just he just ruins his this beautiful dress. He says, I'll buy you another one. Just take it off nicely. I get that it's sexy, but yeah. I feel like it would take a lot longer to rip the clothes off than take it off in reality. Have you ever tried ripping clothes off? It's hard. Panties might rip in romance novels. They don't rip in reality. And especially not the kind that they wear. They only rip if they're unreasonably old. (laughs) Thongs are not meant to be ripped. I'm sorry. But Vasco pulls a knife on her. Yeah. And she kind of starts to freak out a little bit. He cuts off her underwear so she doesn't have to take off the garters and the stockings. Pro tip, just put the underwear over it. That way you don't have to rip the underwear. It wouldn't be as sexy. There wouldn't be a knife involved. (laughs) Yeah, there is something sexy about knives. I've always thought so. Same. But they have have a pretty hot and heavy sex. Yeah, we're not going to explain all the sex scenes. You you have to read them because Zoe does them better than what we explain. But it is sexy. They they have many of an, an orgasm. And, and he demands him, her to tell her him that she loves him. And he explains that he doesn't want her on birth control. He says, eventually his breathing became steady. You're staying with me. We'll talk about this later. There is nothing to discuss, Mary. My decision is final. Icy fingers of dread gripped my heart. Perhaps I was overreacting. It had been a long day, an emotional day. I would try to reason with him later when we weren't lying naked in a bed. His hand shifted over my stomach, and I want you off birth control starting now. I swallowed as fear closed my throat. Before my eyes, I had a vision of gleaming gold bars slamming into place, one by one, surrounding me, caging me in for life. I mean, at least he's saying to her that he wants her off the birth control. He doesn't just take it away. Or he doesn't hide it or manipulate it. Yeah. He says she's not going to need it anymore. That's the way his style is. He's not really a manipulative person. He's just a, this is how it's going to be person for the most part. For the most part, yeah. And then they have this amazing kind of just normal day-to-day life. She starts working at that school. He does his mafia stuff. They have great sex in the between. (laughs) He sends her lunch 
which I love. He sends her lunch to school. And when everybody gets jealous, he starts catering lunch for the whole school. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's like, I can't be eating these lobster fancy dinners for lunch while my sad co-teachers are eating ham sandwiches. So he just caters everybody's lunches. I loved that. But then he tells her that they're getting married. Oh, yeah. He says, this isn't a fling. I've made my intentions clear. Are you saying you want to marry me? He smiled. I'm saying I am marrying you. Yeah, this is the most lovely proposal, aka non-proposal. There's no asking. He just like, we're getting married at the end. And she thought eventually, but apparently he meant like next week. Then they, they have that very sexy game. He decides that since she didn't like his all white apartment, that she can redecorate it since she's going to live there. But in order to, to make it more fun, they have a, almost like a strip poker. I'll, I'll wager you <laughs> a bra for that vase or something, you know, and Vasca cheats because he's not wearing underwear, <laughs> which he points out isn't really cheating. He says, how's this cheating? You started with more clothing than me. This is not my fault. You don't know how to play the game. And then the real world intrudes again. There's a little bit of character crossover from the Ivanov crime family and we find out that the bad guys are coming after Dimitri and Laska now. So the girls are at risk. And what's his face? Shows up at his apartment with Samara? Yes. No, it's it's not Samara. It's Yelena. And what was his name? Damien. Thank you. So anyway, romance reasons. Yelena and Damien need to get a helicopter back to Damien's house. And of course, there's a helicopter pad on top of Vasco's apartment. So they came over there. Well, Vasca takes her out of class. He essentially kidnaps her in front of the students. And she gets very irate. And she's even more irate when she finds out that he arranged for a <clears throat> substitute. He says, I had an associate of mine take over the class. She says, an associate? You have an escort watching those kids right now, don't you? He shrugs. I needed someone with a kind-looking face who could role-play. Then he adds, don't worry, I've never slept with her. Because that makes a difference. But he handcuffs her because she's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm sorry. So he's like, fine. He kisses her like all passionate-like. And before she realizes it, he handcuffs her to himself and then carries her out of there. Which I needed noted because Yelena told her, if you need help, I can, I can help you out of those handcuffs. I know how to do it. But Yelena ends up being kidnapped because the helicopter pilot was one of the baddies. And then Vaiska ends up taking her to the safe house with Emma while they go retrieve Yelena from the baddies. And while they're out doing that, one of the guards ends up being a spy for the baddies and they get in and kill a whole bunch of their guards. She kicks Emma out. Yeah, she kicks Emma into the safe room or something. I don't remember. She kicks her out the front door. Turning, I shoved Emma over the threshold, slammed the door shut, hoping oh, yeah. it would her a few precious seconds to escape. The man raised his arm and pointed a handgun only a few inches from my face. My last thought was of Vasca and how I should have told him I loved him when I'd had the chance. Because they just knocked her out with a handgun. But Vasca and Mitri get back because they find out that there was a leak in the safe house and they find Emma alone. And she says, I'm so sorry, Vasca. they took her. And Vasca's really upset, obviously. He's freaking out. 
They send Vasquez some pictures of Mary's beat up face because they hit her in the head and now she has a, a black eye and he's so upset about it. And he says, come meet me alone or she dies. So he goes alone to meet Alejandro about, I don't know, some sort of business nonsense. Romance reasons. Okay. I'm sorry. I don't pay attention to any of this nonsense. If it's not sexy times, I don't care. <laughs> but but it is very action hero -y how he saves her. It proves that they both love each other because he shows up and she's sitting there all beat up. And he looks at her and they, they make eye contact and he needs her to understand that there's something going to happen, but he can't obviously just clear out and say it. So he tells her, hey, remember that episode of Buffy that we watched? And he explains it to her. And she's like, oh, yeah, OK, yes. And then he says, I love you to her. And Alejandro's like, oh, I heard that you were this smart businessman who had no heart. Why would you tell me that you love this woman now instead of just killing her to avenge my brother? I'm going to keep her to make sure that you don't kill me. Maybe I'll torture her instead. They're drinking vodka at this point because, of course, uh, Alejandro assumes that Vaiska likes vodka because he's Russian. And then he reaches in to his pocket to grab a cigarette and he throws vodka all over the place. And that's how he rescues Mary. And it's super badass. Oh, but what I've noticed before that was that when they were driving to the safe house, they, they didn't take his fancy sports car in the garage. In the garage, they drove in the less flashy black Range Rover. And what world is a Range Rover not flashy? You take a Corolla or something. Yeah. I just, I noted that. I just, I'm looking at my notes and I was like, oh yeah, I remember the Range Rover. Because he said, the less flashy black Range Rover. Maybe the less flashy Toyota. I don't know. But it was funny. Well, Vasca has rescued her. He's updated her that Emma is fine and she's safe. And he comes to the conclusion that he needs to let Mary go. And he's getting ready to tell her this. I opened my mouth to speak, but Mary cut me off. The answer is yes. My brow furrowed. What? The answer is yes. I will marry you. I stood there stunned. She continued. I mean, technically, you didn't officially ask me. It was more of a demand, but my mouth cut her off as I kissed her with all the fierce love I felt for her. Are you sure, Mary? Because this is it. There will be no turning back. You rescued me by referencing the Buffy episode where Angel goes all vampire nuts and Giles attacks his lair by lighting a table on fire with a flaming arrow. That was fucking brilliant. If I wasn't in love with you before, I sure as hell would be now. Yeah. It's cool. It's so badass. And then they get married in Vegas. By Elvis. By Elvis. Side note, I got married by Elvis. <laughs> Not in Vegas. I wanted to get married in Vegas, but uh, my parents wouldn't let me. So I brought Vegas to my hometown. <laughs> hey, you do what you got to do. It was a lot of fun. I had a Las Vegas themed wedding. It looked a lot like it. We got a ballroom that was very flashy and gaudy, just like a like a Las Vegas like casino would be. Oh, that's awesome. My wedding was a travesty. My dress didn't fit. The train was not attached correctly. I broke my great mother-in-law's pearls. My cape came in bright, lucky charms green. <gasps> there was nothing that went right about my wedding. I even got to the end of the aisle and I giggled my way through the entire ceremony. They didn't let me walk through for the rehearsal because they say that's bad luck. So I didn't know what I was supposed to do when. So at one point I threw my bouquet at the maid of honor. Oh no. 
It was it was just all bad. Mm. Look back at it and laugh now. I should have realized that all the signs are pointing <laughs> to this being a bad idea. But that concludes our take on sweet depravity. We loved it. It was great. You're not going to find a much better heroine than Mary. Yeah, she is definitely hands down my favorite heroine of the series. Again, not the hero. Not that Vasco was bad. I love Vasco, but he's not my favorite. Next week, we are kind of jumping ship a little bit. We're not going to continue with the Ruthless Obsession series until next month when Sweet Ferocity comes out. But I am super excited for the next series that we're diving into, which is the Seven Sins series. Yes. It is a paranormal shared world. And it is, as you might guess, seven books based on the seven deadly sins. We've got Greed by Brooklyn Cross. And then we have Lust by Drethy Annis. Then there's Envy by Dylan Page. Gluttony by Marissa Honeycutt. Wrath by Billy Blue, Sloth by Tally Wyndham, and Pride by T.L. Hodel. But yes. we're going to be focusing on the first three. Yes, we're okay. not doing them all in, in order. I haven't had a chance to read Greed yet, but I was able to, to beta read Lust, and it is phenomenal. I am super excited about, about this. It's angels and fallen angels and the devil, and it's all good. So we are super excited to be able to support these great authors with this new endeavor that they're doing. And we're really lucky to get them a little early. Never going to complain about that. Mm-mm. No, thank you very much. We're looking forward to it. And I love paranormal stuff. So this is going to be right up my alley. (laughs) And we hope that you read along with us. While you're at it, guys, please don't forget to rate and review and take a screenshot and post it in our Facebook group. Once you join the trigger warning support group under the book giveaway post to get a chance to win the complete series of Ruthless Obsession signed plus a super cute exclusive vase that Zoe Blake has offered us to give to you very kindly. So do that. The giveaway won't conclude until May 13th because we're going to reveal the winner in our sweet ferocity episode on May 16th. So you have a little bit of time to get everything posted. Do we have any palate cleansers? I do. This week, I have started knitting again. One of my very dear friends taught me to knit, and it was something that we did together a lot. Unfortunately, she passed away a few years ago. I haven't done a lot of knitting since then. I picked up my needles, and I started knitting, I guess, three or four days ago. And it's a great way for me to remember her. That's my joy for the week. That's amazing. That's really, really sweet. I've had a really shitty week, so not much has brought me joy, which um, except for, again, like we have such oh, <laughs> nice because you have such a nice thing and then I have such a shallow, shitty thing. We'll flip. Exactly. My palate cleanser and what brought me joy this week was wine. Okay. Wine. Red wine specifically. <laughs> It's really nice for me to have at the end of the day, both my kids were sick. I was home taking care of both kids while sick. So it was just, it was nice to have a glass of wine once everybody fell asleep because that helps me relax and helps me go to sleep. But as always, we love hearing from you. 
we have had tremendous outreach to our TikTok account. The response to that has just been incredible. It's insanity at its best. And our Instagram account and of course our Facebook group. We look forward to hearing from you. And we hope that you have a great rest of your week and that you enjoy greed as much as we think we will. And all those accounts are at Trigger Warning Romance. Just search at Trigger Warning Romance and you should find us on most platforms. We're not on Twitter. <laughs> Don't go on Twitter. Thank you for hanging out with us for this however long we've been chatting. We hope that you enjoyed and read greed. We can't wait to read it. And we'll talk with you next week. Everybody have a great week and we will see you next Monday. Bye now. <laughs>